Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankich, who does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer. Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Welcome, everyone, to the third installment of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Broncos, and your source to stay up to date with Santa Clara Athletics all season long. You can find the Believe in Santa Clara Sports podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated for the show. Santa Clara basketball this week split their games against a couple of Pac-12 foes, beating Washington State at home on Tuesday and falling Saturday night on the road against a tough Stanford team. But before I get to that, we begin today, as always, with the Roundtable Sports Update, beginning with perhaps the most thrilling game at Santa Clara in quite some time in any sport. Women's soccer gets a victory in the first round of the NCAA tournament, one nothing in overtime against the Cal Bears. They scored in the first 20 seconds of overtime. Game was tied 0-0. At the half, Santa Clara outshot Cal in the second half 12-1, to but was not able to find the back of the net. But then in the first opportunity that Santa Clara had to possess the ball in overtime, Julie Doyle hit the game winner, an absolute laser strike into the top right corner from just outside the 18-yard box. It was the 53rd. NCAA tournament win in program history and in the 23 of the 29 NCAA tournament appearances Santa Clara has now won at least one game so shout out to the women's soccer team advancing to the second round they'll take on Oklahoma State this Friday at 11 a.m. in round two of the big dance for women's soccer Oklahoma State ranked number 13th in the country Coming into this tournament, Santa Clara, of course, was ranked at number 20. So tough matchup there, but certainly one that the girls of Santa Clara can win. Women's basketball, a thriller as well on the road at UC Davis, coming away with a 62-61 to victory. They outscored Davis 28-12 to in the fourth quarter. They were down at half. They got down as much as 15 points late in the third quarter, but rallied in the fourth Tia Hay had a go-ahead layup with two-tenths of a second left in the game. She also had a team-high 14 points, and that win moved Santa Clara to 3-1 and one on the year, and the women's basketball team will take on Missouri State this coming Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. They get a break on Tuesday. Women's volleyball, they beat Gonzaga on the road 3-1. to one. After dropping the first set, they won the three the next three convincingly. They're now 18-10 and 10 on the year and back above 500 in West Coast Conference play at 8-7. and seven. Julia Sangiacomo again led the way for Santa Clara with 18 kills. They'll take on Pepperdine this Thursday, and they will play their final three regular season games of the year in the home confines of the Levy Center. Finally, men's water polo coming off a 
11 to 10 victory against San Jose State. They're on a three-game winning streak to end their season as they now head to the Western Water Polo Championships. They'll take on LMU this coming Friday down in Riverside, California. They're 14 and 11 on the year. And they won that final game with a go-ahead goal by Shane Hughes with 4:32 left in the fourth quarter. And so the men's water polo team heads to the postseason three games over 500. All right, let's get in to men's basketball. Uh, there was a lot of good for the Broncos. There were some things that the team definitely could improve upon. Let's start with last Tuesday, uh, November 12th. They knock off Washington State for the second year in a row. Last year, Ernie Kent was the lead man for the Cougars. This year, of course, it's Kyle Smith formerly the head coach for the last three years at the University of San Francisco. He'd previously been 3-3 three and three against Herb Sendek when those two faced off Santa Clara and USF over the last couple of years. So definitely not an easy win. I know that Washington State struggled a year ago, but Kyle Smith knows Santa Clara. He knows the players. He knows how Herb Sendek likes to coach. But the Broncos were able to finish strong down the stretch, and really it was a defensive effort that got it done. They held Washington State to just 33% shooting from the floor, 24% from beyond the arc. Willie Caruso led the way with 22 points and 10 rebounds. That coming off of a performance the previous Friday night in the win over Cal Poly in which he had 15 points and 10 rebounds. He has been playing some excellent basketball. The Italian Stallion, we have named him uh, on our KSCU student broadcast. He was really exceptional. Great job getting positioned down low. He's a little bit bigger than he was last year as a true freshman, uh, both maybe an inch or two taller, but I think he's also put on a couple pounds and he's using that size uh, put on a couple pounds in a good way, of course, but he's using that size to get position down low. He's been really active on the offensive glass, getting a lot of putbacks and and ones as well, creating extra possessions for Santa Clara. He's been great. And that game against Washington State, Trey Wirtz also had his best game of the year, which was great to see because, as we all know, he is an explosive scorer, a guy who can really get it going. He's an attack-first uh, point guard who wants to either pass or shoot. I, I think he kind of takes whatever is there, but he really wants to get into the lane. He was doing that against the perimeter defense of Washington State. 18 points and a career-high nine rebounds. Only had just one turnover in the game, which was great to see from the true sophomore from North Carolina. He's a really talented player. Struggled a little bit last night against Stanford, but we'll get to that uh, more in a moment. Jalen Williams also had 10 points off the bench. You might have heard me talk about this guy before. He is so darn impressive. I really like watching him play. He's a true freshman. Uh, He's from Gilbert, Arizona. He was the number nine recruit in the state coming out his senior year. Uh, A really good get for Herb Sendek in this Santa Clara program. And when I watch him play, everything looks so easy for him. You know, he puts up a jumper. He's got a lot of backspin on it because he's got a really smooth stroke, but everything looks easy. He glides to the bucket, you know, when he attacks, and it looks easy. And defensively, he's got a lot of uh, athleticism that he uses to bother perimeter players. He's smart. Uh, He's had some chase down blocks this year. He's forced a couple of jump balls in that Washington State game, especially. He was matched up a couple times with C.J. Ellaby, who is an NBA prospect, who the Broncos held to 4 of 14 shooting from the floor. 
It was a really impressive team defensive effort. Uh, there were a lot of guys who Herb Sendek had matching up on C.J. Ellaby, but Jalen Williams was on him a number of times and played him tremendously well. Trey Wirtz did as well. Both of them really did an excellent job when they had to come on that on that tough matchup. Um, Ellaby is a six six wing, good shooting stroke, really athletic, hit some tough shots, but Santa Clara's defense really held strong, and the game was close throughout. Uh, it really was never, I don't think either team had a lead that was bigger than maybe 12. I think Santa Clara got its lead up to 12 at one point, maybe 14, but it didn't last. The game was less than 10 points, really the entire game. Now, Santa Clara led most of the time, which is really what you love to see is Santa Clara, get they got on top early, but then they were able to kind of keep Washington State, a little bit like the Cal Poly game. You know, they kept them at an arm's length distance really throughout the second half. The first half was a little bit more back and forth, and Washington State had a couple leads, but when they would make runs, the Broncos were able to answer, and that's something that you really love to see from any basketball team, frankly, is, you know, when the going gets tough, you're able to, you know, call a timeout. Herb Sendek, very smart with his timeouts in this game to regroup his team and get them all on the right page and and whatnot. But their ability to not be phased by a Washington State run, I think, was really impressive and encouraging sign. And they, they finished strong down the stretch. They really did. Washington State, I think, had just two points over the last six minutes. They were playing stifling defense where the Broncos, it was really impressive to see them just just lock down Washington State. I mean, they couldn't get anything. Ellaby ended up fouling out of the game. Uh, the, the leading scorer for Washington State was uh, was not able to keep it going. He wasn't efficient from the floor. You know, it, it was really a good team effort. They were being very effective with their double teams. They were being effective just playing individual perimeter defense. Isaac Bonton was Washington State's leading scorer. He had 19 points. He certainly had his moments, but he was 7 of 20 from the floor, and he was getting forced into some tough shots. Ellaby had just 10 points. Those were the only Cougars in double figures, and Santa Clara, I think, is playing really up to that point was playing really great team defense, but individually there were some really, really impressive moments. Like I've said, Trey Wirtz, Jalen Williams, those are certainly not the only, only players who were playing good individual defense. Willie Caruso uh, as a help side defender w- was really great in that game. Josip Frankich had three blocks. It, it was a, it was a really well-rounded performance and it was good to see them finish strong down the stretch. If you've listened to the last couple episodes of this show, I've talked at length about how a year ago Santa Clara finished the year 16 and 15 after their second round WCC tournament loss to San Diego. But their record going into that tournament could have been much better. They could have won 20 games a year ago, but they just weren't able to close some games out. Idaho State last year, who the Broncos will take on this Friday, uh, looking for a little bit of redemption at the Levy Center. Uh, that was a game a year ago that Santa Clara had a big lead and lost it late. LMU twice had leads of 18 and 20 in the second half, let them slip away. USC, they ended up winning the game, but the Trojans were able to come all the way back down 18 in the second half. Those were the types of performances that a year ago were just slipping away. And so that Washington State game was really so encouraging, not just because it was against a power five opponent, but because it was early in the year. And last year, this team 
played its best basketball at the end of the year and got off to that miserable one in five start, but really rebounded going 15 and 10 down the stretch. But it was really kind of a tale of two seasons. But now, you know, they got off to the three and zero start after beating Washington State. And that kind of set the tone, I think, for the rest of the year of what to expect from this team. And also, I I have to give a major, major shout out to the Santa Clara student section. Uh, In this Tuesday game against Washington State, it was a good crowd on hand. The student section for all three of Santa Clara's home games thus far have been awesome. They have been simply sensational. I mean, it's the type of school spirit and energy and enthusiasm that any coach, player, or athletic director or or a fan of the team really wants to see. They, they have been really energetic. They've showed up in good numbers, and they were so good in the second half. So what they've been doing, I forgot to mention this on the uh, on last week's podcast, and I wrote it down today because I was like, dude, you, you cannot forget to talk about this because I was talking about it on the broadcast and because it was so much fun to watch. So Santa Clara student section, when they've been at home at the Levy Center this year, when, when, when you get to the second half and the team's flip side of the court, the visitors have to go into the student section. And they are going all out with every method of distraction that you could possibly find. There's really two main main elements of it. One is the distraction barn. You know, it's Santa Clara where the Broncos stampede ahead. Uh, the, the student section of the Rough Riders, there's the Wranglers, all this kind of stuff, right? So the distraction barn and these wooden barn doors that open, and then students come out in onesie costumes. There's an owl, there's a horse, there's a hot dog, there's a squirrel, there's all this kind of stuff, right? And they're going nuts in the distraction barn. That's one thing. But the baseball team has started this tradition now at Santa Clara that I, I just love and is too much fun to not enjoy whether you're watching it on TV, listening on the radio, or you're at the game, it is an absolute blast. And that is the Bronco Jacks. They do jumping jacks where they're going, you know, B, R, O, you know, as guys are shooting the free throws. It is tremendously fun to watch. It is also wildly effective. I, I, I don't know who came up with it exactly, but it is a really great thing. It is wildly effective. Washington State in that game, was 8 of 10 from the free throw line in the first half. When they switched ends of the court and had to shoot into that Santa Clara student section, they were 3 of 9. That type of energy feeds out over into the players and the coaches. The students love it, and it has a tangible impact on the game. So shout out to the student section, 3 of 9. It was awesome to see. They were going nuts. They kept up the energy all night long, certainly played a part in willing Santa Clara to that victory, 70-62. That was the Broncos' third straight win against Pac-12 opponents dating back to last year when they beat USC and those same Washington State Cougars. So that put the Broncos to 3-0, and and then that brings us to last night's game against Stanford, recording this podcast on Sunday, November 17th. Uh, myself and Alex Stewart were up at the Maples Pavilion for the call uh, at Stanford, and it was... The first loss of the year for for the Broncos. It was um, it was a, it was a fast start. They jumped out to an early seven nothing lead, 
And from that point on, it really slowed down. I think you have to credit Jared Haas and the Stanford coaching staff for the adjustments that they made because Santa Clara came out and they were stuffing Stanford at the defensive end and offensively they were getting a lot of good looks and they were knocking them down. They started 7 of 14 from the floor. They were really playing good basketball early, but from that point on there were some adjustments that Stanford coaching staff made in the game that just shut down Santa Clara's offense. After that 7 of 14 start from the floor, the Broncos for the rest of the game shot just 32% from the floor, 14 of 41 overall after that good start. Uh, They shot 38% from the floor for the game. That is by far their worst mark of the year. They'd come in shooting the ball better than 50% from the floor in their first three games, all of which were at home. This was their first road game of the year. I think that certainly played a factor, especially with how great the student section has been, as I alluded to a moment ago. But the Broncos got off to that good start and then really just never recovered once Stanford made a run. They were able to get a little momentum. They got four quick points at the end of the first half to get the deficit under 10. Uh, I believe 38 to 32 was was the score at the half, but from there, it was really, uh, the, yeah, 38-32 was the score. But in the second half, Stanford really pulled away, and it was evident early. Um, they, they were led by a couple of scores. Oscar De Silva, their leading scorer coming into the game, he had 18 points. Tyrell Terry, the freshman, had a game-high 21 points. And I, I highlight those two specifically. Dejon Davis was great as well for the Cardinal. But Santa Clara... If you look at the box score, you say, oh, Stanford shot 50% from the floor. They only took four threes. They made four, or they only took 10 threes, and they made four of them, did Stanford. But Stanford shoots 50% from the floor. You might look at that and say, wow, Santa Clara has to play better defense. But that really doesn't tell the whole story about how Santa Clara was defending. Because when I say Stanford made a lot of tough shots, I can't describe to you, unless you were listening to the game, it is hard to articulate how many tough shots guys like De Silva and Terry and Davis were making. And those tough shots that were falling for Stanford were not going for Santa Clara. Uh, the Broncos had a lot of bunnies at the rim that they've just got to convert. They, they really had a number of opportunities where they'd get by the defense. Keyshawn Justice and Trey Wirtz were doing a good job, especially kind of early in the second half, breaking down, and then late in the first half as well. They're breaking down the Stanford defense. They were getting to the rim. Shots that we've seen them, especially guys like Trey Words, finish all year long and throughout their careers at Santa Clara, and and they just weren't falling. Man, they were rolling around the rim. They were hanging on the edge, and the shots were just not falling. And, And Stanford's were, and that ultimately allowed them to pull away in the second half. Uh, in route to an 82-64 to victory. I I know the final margin looks pretty bad, and it got, uh, you know, Stanford was clearly the better team that night, probably the better team overall. I think they're going to be a solid team in the Pac-12 conference this year. But I I don't think it is a game where if you're Santa Clara, you look at it and say, oh, we didn't do anything well, hang our heads, yada, yada. Because the other thing that the Broncos can really improve upon. And and it's just little stuff. The turnovers were once again a problem. 17 for Santa Clara. Stanford had eight steals. That led to a lot of easy buckets in transition. 
because that Cardinal team is really athletic. And when they get out in transition, they can force you into awkward positions and draw fouls, or they can just straight finish the layups. But Santa Clara on defense, the biggest problem they were having were the fouls. Now, there were a couple of them that were a little bit of, of mystery whistles from the officials, but Santa Clara had 26 fouls in the game, which is an unconsciously high number. Uh, and even even with a couple of questionable calls, you don't get 26 fouls unless you're uh, unless you're a little bit overmatched. And I think that's just kind of what Santa Clara was facing as they. Uh, 26 out there were a lot of cheap ones as well that that just didn't need to happen didn't contribute to a play I think a couple of the players maybe started to get a little frustrated as the game started to slip out of hand but Stanford shot 35 free throws and made 26 of them I'm gonna say that again 35 free throw attempts and they made 26 that's that's a good solid rate 74 percent but 35 free throw attempts Tyrell Terry alone made 11 free throws. And Santa Clara did a good job of getting to the free throw line overall. They were 16 of 21. Both of those numbers are just above their season averages. That's a great spot to be. But defensively, they would play well right up until the moment when they would commit a foul. There were a number of times Stanford got bailed out kind of late in the shot clock or with a possession that was just going to rely on you know, one of their players breaking down a Santa Clara defender one-on-one. And in foul trouble was a big, big issue for Santa Clara. DJ Mitchell fouled out of the game. Jaden Bediaco fouled out of the game. Willie Caruso had four fouls early in the second half. So I think that was certainly a factor in in the game as well that allowed Stanford to pull away. But I really don't think the Santa Clara defense was as poor as the box score might indicate. I, I really don't. Uh, they were making Stanford take tough shots, and if they can just clean up the fouls, then... I, I think we can continue to see the strong defense that we've seen from the Broncos in the last couple of years. Offensively, it was just one of those nights for Santa Clara where you just don't have it. You, you, you just don't have it. Taj Eady and DJ Mitchell, uh, the Bron- two of the Broncos' leading scorers coming into the game. DJ Mitchell, of course, had 18 points in each of, those, each of Santa Clara's first two games coming in. He struggled in the last couple uh, but certainly a guy who we know is going to get it going as the season goes on. Tremendously talented player. And he had just six points on one of five shooting. He fouled out of the game. Taj Eady had his first ever scoreless game as a Santa Clara Bronco. He was 0 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 4 from beyond the arc. He did not get to the free throw line. And the strange thing about it, Taj Eady is a pure shooter. I mean, you watch you watch him shoot the ball. He has got a really smooth stroke. He's got a quick release. It's fundamentally sound. He is a shooter. He is a scorer. Tajidi had a lot of really good looks against Stanford and just wasn't making them. It was as simple as that. He had good looks time and time again and just could not get the ball to go into the basket. And I think you have to credit Stanford for the way that they defended throughout the game because – when you play tough, physical, aggressive defense against a team, sometimes it can get into their heads a little bit. When you finally have an open shot, rather than being confident about it, 
then, you know, guys start to have a mindset of, oh, I need to make this because I'm not going to get a better look. And that's not a good place where you want to be offensively. But not everything was negative for Santa Clara. A guy who looked really sharp, really, really sharp, and should see some more minutes going forward was Keyshawn Justice. He hit a couple of threes in the second half with that quick trigger release. He is a lockdown shooter. He is an absolute sharpshooter from beyond the arc and a guy who can get you a quick bucket. You know, his, his mid-range game, we haven't really seen that yet, but he's able to get to the basket as well. Um, but he's a guy who saw more minutes a year ago than he's seen so far this year as Coach Sendek has started to work more guys into the rotation. But I think Keyshawn Justice has earned himself more playing time. He, he's played really well, and he's got a really, really good shooting stroke. In Santa Clara, sometimes when they go through an offensive lull, I think he's a guy who you drop a play for and say, hey, go knock, go knock down a shot. Speaking of jump shots, by the way, Josip Frankic has not found his yet, but his offense is starting to come around. He led the way for Santa Clara with 13 points and five rebounds on five of 10 shooting. Also was three of five from the charity stripe. That is a very Josip Frankic-like game, just rock solid playing. He had a couple of offensive rebounds, made some nice post moves, obviously using that patented left hand. I think that's a good sign for Santa Clara. His offense had been a little sluggish, but he and Caruso up front can be a really effective one-two scoring punch. Caruso just three points and five rebounds, but only 16 minutes of action as he struggled with fouls throughout the game. And Jaden Bediako, also talking about jumpers, is he showed it off. Nine points and four rebounds for the freshman. His season highs this year, 12-7, and seven, but I think this was arguably his best game. Certainly, offensively, it was. He hit three jumpers. He missed two later in the game, but we hadn't seen him shoot anything but a hook shot or a layup so far. But he showed off the mid-range jumper, and he, he can stroke it. He's got a nice quick release. Puts it up high over his head, a little bit like LaMarcus Aldridge, currently a power forward for the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, Benny Acca was was impressive, and he hit some shots at moments when Santa Clara was still hanging around in the game and really needed a bucket, and he, he was able to do that. And if you can put in a five, Caruso can stretch the floor and shoot a three. Uh, Benny Acca, you know, kind of showed off the mid-range game, but when you have a five in there, who can stretch the paint just a little bit and bring big guys out. That'll open up the down low area for guys like Josip Frankich or, or Willie Caruso or driving players like Trey Wirtz or Tajidi or DJ Mitchell. So I think those are uh, definitely some positives going forward. And again, aside from the fouls, I really thought Santa Clara's defense was good against a team that was uh, more, more athletic than them. Uh, and I think a little bit stronger just in the starting five than them, but I think they, I, I think they did play pretty well. Just kind of let it slip uh, away from them there in the second half as the offense really started to struggle. But they'll be back at the Levy Center Tuesday against Notre Dame. Dana Moore in the Cable Car Classic. We'll have that game for you streaming live on KSCU Santa Clara's student run radio station. So the Broncos once again end this week splitting one and one against Pac-12 opponents. Not the last time that they will face off against Pac-12 this year. Cal is on their schedule as well. Sendak now three and six coaching against his former conference. Of course, he was at ASU for many years, coached guys like James Harden, but he's had some success as of late against the Pac-12 conference. We'll look to get back on track against the Pac-12. And on Tuesday, uh, when they take on Notre Dame, Dana Moore, pregame will start at 6.40 p.m. on KSU, and tip-off will come 
at 7. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. No podcast next week as I head home for Thanksgiving break, so I'll be back in two weeks with a handful of Santa Clara basketball games to break down. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Spencer McLaughlin signing off, saying so long, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.